Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to preview the San Francisco 49ers Week 17 matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. San Francisco comes in still one game behind the Minnesota Vikings for the number two seed in the NFC playoff picture, and also still has an outside chance to become the number one seed with some help from the Philadelphia Eagles via two straight losses. The Raiders, though, they come in not only losing to the Steelers last week, while still somehow, some way, still in the AFC playoff picture, they just benched Derek Carr. So today, we're going to preview this game that happens on Sunday, New Year's Day, the first day, the first Sunday of 2023, by asking ourselves, why did the Las Vegas Raiders actually bench Derek Carr? Many fans are wondering, why is this happening? I'll explain why, but also... Could this be the first day, or the first game, excuse me, that Brock Purdy does struggle in his young NFL career? We'll also look into why this could be another big game for Christian McCaffrey, and can George Kittle continue his dominance, his reemergence in the Niners offense, four touchdowns in his last two weeks? Can that continue on Sunday for George Kittle, clutch game Kittle, as I like to call him. But let's dive into why the Las Vegas Raiders benched Derek Carr and, and what it really means when it comes to Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers. So, the true reason why the Las Vegas Raiders benched Derek Carr is simply because of money and business. Derek Carr, if he got hurt, whether this week or or next week, or even during practice, they would owe him $40 million due to an injury-guaranteed part of his contract. So once that triggered, they were going to owe him $40 million. Obviously, uh, Davis and McDaniel said, hey, we are not not even going to risk paying that. So they told Derek Carr, go away. They said, GTFO, don't even step foot outside of your bed. We are not going to risk having to pay you $40 billion. They are obviously going to move off of him this offseason, whether via trade or via releasing him. They are done with Derek Carr. His tenure is likely 99.9% over in Las Vegas. I don't want to say 100% because as we know, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo be 99% out the door and somehow find his way to seven wins again (laughs) next season in San Francisco. But I digress. The Raiders are done with Derek Carr, and now they're going to start Jarrett Stidham, who he was the backup for Tom Brady, then he was, I guess you can say, the replacement for Tom Brady in New England when they had Brian Hoyer and Stidham and Cam Newton was there. It was just a whole bunch of crap that was really bad, and they needed someone to play the role of quarterback despite not being an NFL-caliber quarterback. Now, 
I like Jared Stidham. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's just not that great of a quarterback. But the real reason why I do bring up this Derek Carr benching, one, because San Francisco plays a backup quarterback this Sunday, but also because I do want to draw comparisons to how the Las Vegas Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers did business or have done business with their quarterback, who they deemed, I guess you can say, not really worthy of being their starter any longer. So we know as fans that San Francisco told Jimmy Garoppolo after they drafted Trey Lance, you're going to be a starter for one more year, then in 2022 it's Lance's job, we're going to try to trade you, we're going to work with you to find you a new home that benefits both of us. That's great stuff. That's not uncommon, but that's it's what you expect to happen when you draft the young quarterback who you expect to sit for a season. Now, we do also know that San Francisco told Garoppolo that, look, while you're recovering from your injury after the playoffs in 2021, that you, you can come to the facility, you can practice on the practice field while we are at training camp. So you can be at the facility during training camp, and they also offered him an opportunity to be in team meetings. Now, he declined the team meeting part, but San Francisco offered him that. They told him, we will take care of you. We will help you rehab. Now, does that benefit the organization? Of course it does. You get better, we can trade you. But they told Jimmy Garoppolo, you do not have to leave. You are still welcomed here, despite us actively trying to move you. They told Jimmy Garoppolo, look, we don't want you here anymore, but you can still come around and hang out. <laughs> really, what, that's what they said. But the Raiders told Derek Carr, get out, pack up your stuff, and get the heck out of the building. Like, they literally brought the cardboard box over to Carr and said, get out. But I'm, am I fired? No, but get out. It's like, uh, oh, uh, uh, okay, thanks? Why is this happening? Now, the reason why I bring that up is because I think San Francisco, despite much criticism of how they've handled the quarterback room, I do think they deserve some praise here. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo, after re-signing or restructuring with San Francisco, openly said, this is where I want to be. Like, he wanted to, I guess in some way, whether it was because he needed to be here or this was the only option he had, he said, this is where I wanted to end up. I don't think Derek Carr right now feels like he wants to be a Raider. I think he knows, like, like the decision has been made for him. While that same thing went for Jimmy Garoppolo, sometimes, like, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan respected what Jimmy Garoppolo means, meant, and will continue to mean for the organization and the players inside of it so much they allowed him to stay. They wanted to take care of their own player. Now, again, that benefits them too, hoping to find a trade partner, but they understood that, look, we cannot ostracize Jimmy G, that he is so loved here, we cannot, like, it would have been, it would have been so easy to say, all right, we're going to trade you, stay at home, rehab on your own. But no, because of the way they have built the organization up since 2017, when they first got here, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said, no, 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 we want to make sure our players feel welcomed even when they're on their way out the door. And then you look at Las Vegas, and it's like, hey, <laughs> like, 
you're benching, like, get this. The Raiders are benching their starting quarterback, who I know it's a new regime there in Las Vegas, but he's a quarterback they pitched their fan base on to be the franchise guy after they moved the team from Oakland to Las Vegas, built a multi-hundred million dollar stadium in Vegas, which is, it, it's it's beautiful, but this is the guy they pitched the fan base on. This is a guy who won them 13 games just, what, five years ago. This is a player that the fan base has rallied behind. I get he's limited, but this is also a player that you traded a star, res- or you traded multiple draft picks to acquire a star receiver who came here for him. Like, Devontae Adams said, you are the reason why I am a Las Vegas Raider in an Instagram post to Derek Carr. Listen to how they speak about the decision to bench Derek Carr in that locker room. Like, it's somber. It's like the team has mentally checked out. And not only does this shine light as to how well San Francisco handled their quarterback transition that, while didn't become one, but that was the plan. And they handled it, while I get the criticism, they handled it, I think, the best they could have. But the Raiders, I think they handled it potentially the worst you could have. Like, there's a good chance that players in that locker room, while not revolt, do turn their back or lose faith on Josh McDaniel. And while this isn't a Raiders podcast, all of that does come and culminates on the Sunday against San Francisco. Because, look, the Raiders are still somehow in the playoff hunt. And you just told your fan base, we are punting on this season. We are, our eyes are towards next year. We are in April and May at OTAs in the draft. We are, like, our eyes are no longer in 2022. They are actively looking at 2023 despite having a playoff, well, despite little, a playoff chance. And then you also tell that, essentially, to Devontae Adams. To Darren Waller, who just got healthy. To Hunter Renfro, who also just got healthy. To a defense that, while isn't good, really it's kind of piss poor, to be honest with you. Like, you told this team that, hey, this year, it's a wash. Wave the white flag. And you're doing that in Week 17 when you're 6-9, and could be 8-9. and And while you need some help to get into playoffs... You still have a chance. I think you owe it to your team, to your fan base, to say, hey, let's ride this thing out. But again, business is business. Money talks. Derek Carr is not starting on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. And it's Jarrett Stidham. So who is Jarrett Stidham? Uh, Maybe bad? Maybe not a good quarterback? I think so. But he is someone who at some point was starting games for the New England Patriots post-Tom Brady. Now, those were not good teams, and I think Jared Stidham would let you know, hey, those were not good teams. The issue is that despite Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Renfro still being in Las Vegas, the quarterback is still bad. Like, Jared Stidham's not going to come out here and throw 400 passing yards, and, like, Adams ain't going to have three touchdowns, Waller's not going to crush it. Like, they're still playing the number one defense in football, And on top of you going to a backup quarterback who is not as skilled as Derek Carr, who 
I could argue is not as familiar with the offense as Derek Carr, at least when it comes to Waller and Renfro and Adams. <laughs> like, you are throwing him to the Lions. You are saying, hey, Jared Stidham, go out there on Sunday and not only try to rally the troops who you I've just pissed off being Josh McDaniel and Mark and and and, and Davis, but also go out there and try to beat the number one defense in football. Try to beat Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Ebukam, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw's back, Jimmy Ward's right in the nickel. Like I could name five pro bowlers or should be pro bowlers on the defense alone. Like, like this Sunday is going to be the ultimate, just, this really isn't a word, like, I guess damnation <laughs> for the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, I discussed last week how getting, or playing San Francisco was like getting in the octagon. The difference is that San Francisco, like, it's like a heavyweight versus like a bantamweight where it's like, dude, you are not even in the same weight class. Like, you have no business being on the field with this team. And that's no disrespect. Like, Las Vegas has key players hurt. Derek Carr's not going to play, obviously. He's not hurt, but not going to play. Rocket Shin's not going to play. He's been starting for the better half of the year for them. Chandler Jones won't play. So their defense is basically Max Crosby, and that's it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Even their top tackler, Denzel Perryman, is not going to play. So you're telling me that their number two edge rusher, and I can argue this year maybe the number one edge rusher in Las Vegas, okay, but then your starting quarterback's not going to play, your best tackler's not going to play, and one of your starting cornerback's not going to play. And again, I don't think any Raider fans are doing this, but can you explain to me how you have any chance to win this game? Like, Matt Mayoko said today on KMBR that Jimmy Garoppolo has a 0.01% chance to come back next year, which, who knows? But that's the odds I give the Raiders of winning this game. And I can argue I give them a 0.0001% chance to win this game on Sunday because, look, you look at how San Francisco likes to play offense. It is a heavy heavy dose of Christian McCaffrey. And we know, as fans, we know as uh, people who watch every single game so intently, who want to know every single thing about this team, what do they like to do with McCaffrey? Yes, he runs, but he is one of the, if not, he's arguably probably the best pass-catching back in the NFL. And, well, the stats would show that this year, the Las Vegas Raiders rank dead last in DVOA when defending running backs in the passing game. So, I mean, ring the bell, like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like Christian McCaffrey is going to have himself a game. And I'm not saying just, oh, you know, 45 yards, six catches, maybe a touchdown. I'm, I'm talking like 200 yards in this game. Like they are averaging, they are giving up on average 
almost 51 yards through the air to opposing running backs, and they have not played a running back in the passing game the caliber of Christian McCaffrey. Like This is going to be a game where Christian McCaffrey runs wild, and I mean W-I-L-D, all caps, WILD, on the Las Vegas Raiders defense. And look, it's not just going to be Christian McCaffrey. This is going to be a McCaffrey, George Kittle, like Brandon Ayuk. All of the offense should be running on full cylinders. And I'm not just saying that because it's the first time we play Las Vegas since 2018 and Nick Mullins and Kittle were crushing it. Like, there's history here, right? Like, this is a rivalry where they had to stop playing games. I think it was 2011 when there was a fight at, I think it was Candlestick then. Like, this rivalry has, unfortunately, some bloodshed there. And the NFL had to pause it because it was so ugly and brutal. And, well, I'm not trying to compare any real-life tragedy that happened against the teams. Like, this could be a bloodbath on Sunday. I'm talking, like, 35-10, to 45-13. to 13. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this, the Niners should be able to score on every single drive. Now again, you miss a throw here or there, but this game from opening kickoff to the buzzer sounding when the clock hits zero, this game should be completely and totally controlled by San Francisco. And I do think it's not going to be, you know, you know, five-yard run, five-yard run, you know, ground and pound, hold the ball, and play keep away and get out of there healthy. This game is going, or at least what it looks like should be, is a game where San Francisco is hitting big play after big play, yak after yak, play for 50-plus yards. Right, this game should not just be, you know, ground and pound five yards, but also there should be an explosiveness level that we have not seen before from San Francisco's offense this year. Because, look, not only will Las Vegas not have their number one tackler in Denzel Perryman, so they don't have a guy that can tackle anybody. Well, that's Kittle and Ayuk and McCaffrey and Jordan Mason and Juwan Jennings and, and Ray Ray McLeod. Like, that's a bunch of yak just right there alone. If you can't tackle, what's going to happen? The yak bros are going to attack you. That's just a simple fact. <laughs> but their secondary cannot cover anybody. So if you can't tackle and you can't cover, what can you do? Like... It's at a point, and maybe I'm speaking way too much out of my AWS, but I genuinely think even if Josh Johnson played this game with McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Jennings and McLeod still on the field, San Francisco would still win this game by two touchdowns. That's how much I do not believe in Las Vegas' defense. And that's how much... I believe in San Francisco's offense. Their fourth string quarterback could beat this defense. Like, the Raiders' safeties this year, Trevon Moore from TCU, I love him as a player, as a prospect. He's awful in coverage. Him and Deron Harmon have allowed a completion percentage of 75% or better. And their other cornerback... Opposite of Rocky Sin, who's not going to play. Nate Hobbs, 73.4%. Like, 
their their starting secondary is allowing catches basically, if not at three-fourths of the time, higher than three-fourths of the time. How is San Francisco ever going to have a three and out in this game? Now look, I'm going to run you through a handful of stats here. But by the time I'm done, you will understand exactly how bad the Raiders' defense is this season. The Raiders' defense this season in 2022, they rank 13th in average rushing yard per carry, 4.3 yards an attempt. Hello, Christian McCaffrey. Hello, Jordan Mason, if healthy. Hello, Tyrion Davis-Price. Heck, hello, Tevin Coleman. Whoever's out there, like, you're going to give San Francisco's offense four, just over four yards a carry. That's a first down every single time. Every single time. And they are 15th in rushing yards allowed per game. 116.6. Again, while San Francisco can ground and pound four yards a carry, five yards a carry, and they can play keep away, the Raiders not only give up almost five yards per carry, four and a half yards per carry, they're giving up a buck 15 yards per game on the ground. That ranks 15th in football in the middle of the pack. This run defense is atrocious. They rank 22nd in third down conversion percentage allowed. I know it's long-winded, but they're allowing 40% on third down. Like, I'm not trying to be mean to Raider fans, but your team sucks. Like, and it's so much easier to talk down on a team when you're really good. Like, we have lived through Chip Kelly and Tom Sula and, and the Tim Rattays and the Cody Picketts and the Ken Dorseys and the Drucken Millers, and, like, we've lived through our own yikes. We've lived through our Troy Smiths, who... Nate Davises, and those are just quarterbacks. Like, we've lived through some pretty piss-poor Niners teams. So it's always easier to punch down. But, I'm sorry, Raider fans. Like, your team has done this to yourselves. Like, John Gruden and Mike Mack are gonna remake the team. Now, like, none of your first-round picks are here. Alex Leatherwood, gone, because he sucked. Henry Ruggs, I mean, I don't even need to get into that, but Yikes! Like, the Raiders are not only bad on the field. They're bad in the front office, with the coaching staff, with the ownership. Like, it's almost like, how dare you put out that bad of a product and also be that dysfunctional upstairs? Like, I don't think anybody would get upset at the Raiders if they were headed in the right direction. Like, hey, we're going to trade Carr, going to get, like, two second-round draft picks, going to fix this thing up. Like, there are no building blocks for the Raiders. Like, every single building block they thought was there has been cut or traded or released because they don't know what they're doing. And that stuff translates on the field. Like, Devontae Adams is pissed. He's pissed. Like, I would not be surprised if he goes, I went out. Derek was the only reason why I was here. I went out. And I think that, like, I'll put it this way. We know that any sport, especially football, is like 99% mental. If you can get the mental part right, 
your physical traits can lack here or there. Take Brock Purdy. He ain't the biggest guy. He ain't the strongest guy. He's a pretty small dude. But people are comparing him in a very short span. I don't agree with it, but it's happening. So here we are. People were saying he reminds him of Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. That's Seattle, Russell Wilson, not Broncos, Russell Wilson. But <laughs> you get my point. People were saying he's Drew Brees. And I'm like, ah, like, but take Drew Brees. He's a small guy. Not the biggest arm, not the strongest arm. But guess what he was? He was smart. He knew how to make the right decisions, how to dissect the game. Peyton Manning. He's a tall guy, big guy. His arm wasn't great. What'd he do? He outsmarted you. All the checkouts, the check-ins, the plays, the hot routes, the audibles. You do not have to be the most physically dominant player to succeed in the NFL. But what the Raiders have done to the organization has caused their players to mentally check out. And if your players, because the message they sent them saying, our eyes are towards next year, forget this year, who cares? Like, I can guarantee you if they could, McDaniels would not even coach this Sunday. He would say, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Win or lose, who cares? Like, this game is irrelevant to Las Vegas. They're not playing for anything, despite having a chance at the playoffs. Like, they, they are playing for nothing. They like they can tell you all they want, that we, we really like Jared Stidham. We want to see what, what we have in that guy. No, you don't. And I know this isn't a, a Raider podcast, but my point is that you're telling the team that you don't care. Okay, so how do you expect them to mentally prepare for what happens on Sunday? How are they going to guard George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and and, and Chris McCaffrey? They already can't do that physically, and you're taking out the mental side of it for them. Like, Devontae Adams is done. How do you think Walder feels? They've been trying to trade Walder for three years, and he's like, now my quarterback's benched, and I just got healthy. Like, they just extended Renfro. <laughs> like, what is happening? And on defense, they're banged up, they're hurt, they can't guard anybody. But that brings me to my next point, that Brock Purdy. Like, Brock Purdy, <laughs> I'm not going to say, like, we've had this conversation plenty of times. When are the wheels going to fall off? Could this Sunday be... When he struggles. And personally, like, <laughs> like go to Walmart. You've been to Walmart plenty of times. I've, I've been there plenty of times. When you go to Walmart, what happens? You buy all your groceries. Where do you go? You go to the front of the store, and you're going to leave. What do they have there? They have the, the, the shopping cart checkers. Usually it's an old man or woman. They're like, well, hello, son. You what did you buy today at Walmart? Oh, what is that? Oh, I see you got four gallons of milk. Okay, okay, that's nice. So you got some Clorox in your in your cart, and you're like, okay, <laughs> like, come on. But like, there's no way they can see every bag you have in your cart. Like, they're just checking the big stuff. Like, oh, okay, what do you got? Like, but they aren't even doing anything. Let's get my highlighter in my hand. I'm gonna mark off. You know, make sure everything is good here. Like, no, like, you're not doing anything. You're just a nice person to have. Which, I worked at Walmart. I respect the heck out of them. Like, 
you like that job is hard. Like retail is hard, especially during the holidays. It's hard, but the Raiders' defense is like that Walmart greeter woman or man that checks you out of. Let me see how many things you got on your on your receipt here. Oh, I see you got the Clorox wipes and the Tide Pods. Oh, but I see you got four gallons of milk on the receipt. But I see you have 17 in the card. Like, they're not going to stop anybody. And even if they were like, hey, you're stealing, which you can't even do anymore, you're going to go, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> like, that's the Raiders' defense. Like, even if they wanted to stop you, even if they had the opportunity to say, hey, I see you have more in your cart than on your receipt. They'll go, okay, you can go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So it's like the gif of the the guy's credit guard like wiping the people down like, hey, you know, you're clear, you're clear, you're clear. Like there is no security, there is no defense when it comes to the Raiders. They are the old person at the Walmart. Like, <laughs> like there is no like. I'm going to physically impose my dominance. There is no, hey, you're breaking the law. It's like, hey, you're breaking the law. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, <laughs> like the Raiders defense is so bad. It's like Brock Purdy. I don't know a quarterback that has, I don't want to say lucked into a better place because that's not the right thing to say. But like Brock Purdy has kind of lucked into the perfect position a winning team a good head coach a good front office a good roster the best freaking check down option of all time with an amazing tight end an awesome receiver number one in Brandon Ayuk and then Debo Samuel might come back this week because he practiced today like every like the Niners and the Raiders are like the inverse like the yin and the yang if San Francisco was the Ying, you literally never want to be the Yang. <laughs> like, Las Vegas is so bad. Nobody signs up to be a Raider fan. It is a perpetual uh, whirlpool of sorrow. Now, there are some somber times in San Francisco. We know these things. But, like, Brock Purdy on Sunday should just have his way with this defense. Like, I I don't want to call these next two games cupcake games, but San Francisco has Las Vegas and Arizona. That's Colt McCoy again, who was awful. And you're playing Jared Stidham, who can, like, in my opinion, he'll probably throw two picks on Sunday. Nick Bose is going to have two and a half sacks. He'll make it to 19 before the season's over with. And he might go into week 18 with one sack needed to break Olden Smith's record. Like, Nick Bose is going to feast. Hufunga's going to feast. Like, there's a good chance the Raiders don't even score a touchdown. Now, let's be honest here. Because I'm saying this, what's going to happen? It'll be like 20-14, to 14, Niners win, right? <laughs> like, it's probably what's going to happen now. Because I've been talking so much mess against the Raiders. But, like, I just don't, like, there isn't even much to talk about in this game. Because, like, 
for most games, and I'll kind of put you behind the curtain here for a second, like, I'll look at how does every team's offensive line stack up? How does their defense stack up against the run, against the pass? You know, which cornerback has struggled the most? Like, can linebackers cover? Like, how's the running backs doing? Like, I'll look into all that stuff to see where San Francisco can find their edge. And when I looked, I said, everywhere. <laughs> like, literally everywhere. Now, it's on paper. You have to play the game. I'm sure Seattle walked into this saying, yeah, like, we should beat them too. And, and the Raiders beat Seattle in Seattle. Now, granted, Josh Jacobs was Jesus himself. But, and look, let's give Las Vegas credit. Like, they do still have Darren Waller. They still have Devontae Adams. They still have Hunter Renfro. They still have Josh Jacobs having one of the best years ever for a running back. Like, he's the best running back in the NFL this year. And I will debate that with anybody. Yeah, Chris McCaffrey's great, but from a running aspect, a running standpoint, Jacobs has been the best this year. Incredible this year. That being said, San Francisco has the number one run defense, the best left tackle in football, two Pro Bowl caliber linebackers, a Pro Bowl safety, two of the best run-defending defensive backs with Mooney Ward and Tayshawn Gibson, on top of Jimmy Ward having the most picks in his entire career, Nick Bosa chasing the sack record for single season in Niners history, with Javon Kinlaw back for a second week, Eric Armstead playing the best football he has, I could argue, since the playoffs last year, and that's just the defense. Like, you can tell me any skill position player the Raiders have, and I go, so? Okay. Like, this ain't Devontae with Aaron Rodgers. It's Devontae with Jarrett Stidham. Like, I think I would fear Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard more than Jarrett Stidham. Like, this is not Stidham with Shanahan or Mullins with Shanahan. This is with McDaniel. Who, no offense to him, <laughs> Tim Tebow's not playing and Demarius Thomas is unfortunately passed. Like, 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 there is not going to be a miracle here in overtime in the playoffs for them. And look, that's not to make light of Thomas's passing, but like, Jesus. Like, McDaniels is not a good head coach. Like, he has done nothing as a head coach. Like, he could have walked into a position with Andrew Luck as a quarterback and he said, no, nah, I'm good. He was like, can we sign Cam Newton? Like, Brady left, and they said, well, our best option is Cam Newton. Who hasn't been able to throw 20 yards accurately in, like, seven years. He had a great career. He fell apart. Like, McDaniel has done nothing. Like, I get the prospect of hiring him as a coach, but it's not like he's done anything to make anyone say, that was a good decision by Las Vegas. It's like, no, okay, now your quarterback's done. Your star receiver's hurt, or, or is pissed, excuse me. Your star defensive player in Chandler Jones is out, so you can't get pressure against the Niners. You can't stop Christian McCaffrey. You won't be able to stop Brock Purdy. You won't be able to stop George Kittle. <laughs> you won't be able to stop Brandon Ayuk. Oh, and Debo Samuel might come back. 
Like, there is not a world, not a plane of existence that, well, exists, sorry, <laughs> that exists where Las Vegas will win this game. I'm not saying some way, somehow, Las Vegas can put up some points. Fluke wins happen all the time. Look at the Denver game this year. I mean, my God. The Falcons game this year. Like, like we have seen them firsthand. That being said, it kind of seems like, and I will put the prediction in the books, 35-10, to 10, San Francisco gets their ninth straight victory in a row. Ninth straight victory in a row coming this Sunday in the new year, kicking off 2023 with the win, and hopefully... Hopefully snagging that number two seed this year. Hopefully getting it this week. Wouldn't that be a way to start 2023? But before we go on, I want to talk about a lot of the conversation happening around the quarterback position. And look, it feels like every single week I'm, I'm having a sit-down chat of like, let's talk about Brock Purdy. Let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Let's talk about the cornerbacks, okay? Like, every single day, whether it's the fan base, a commentator, Michael Irvin, Randy Cross, Niner legend Randy Cross, or Peter King, people seem to get so freaking butthurt when someone states something that might not align with their view. Now look, it's 2022, almost 2023, we know. Everyone's got to take. Nobody cares. Whatever. Heck, this is my podcast. You may not care I have to say. Okay, that's fine. But look, whenever someone, and this is what pisses me off so much. Look, I want Trey Lance to succeed. I've said it so many times, so many times. I want Trey Lance to succeed. I think Peter King. I think Michael Irvin, I think Randy Cross, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, I think every single person outside of a handful of people want Trey Lance to succeed. That being said, what I don't like is when a Michael Irvin or Peter King state in or just question something very obvious, like why wasn't the offense like this with Trey Lance? That's a genuine question. It's not a shot. Hey, Trey Lance, you're a number three overall pick. Why is a pick number 262 outplaying you? Now look, there's context. I'm not, I'm not bringing this up to be like, Trey Lance stinks. I'm saying this to say, look, just like Randy Cross said on 95.7 the game today, just enjoy this. Like, this season could have very, very easily gone down the freaking drain as soon as Trey Lance got hurt, and especially as soon as Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Like, Brock Purdy could have been awful. And I mean atrocious. But guess what? In a season of thankfulness and joyfulness and appreciating what we have in front of us, like, we just wrapped up Christmas. No pun intended. And we're heading towards a new year. 
can our New Year's resolution be, can we just stop complaining about who our quarterback is and enjoy actually winning football games? Like, San Francisco was going to beat the Raiders on Sunday. They're going to win nine straight games. Hopefully the number two seed in the NFL. Or at least in the NFC, excuse me. And you're telling me that some fans somewhere are going to be like, but, 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 what about Trey Lance? I'm sorry. Like, I love Trey Lance. I want him to succeed. Who cares? Genuinely, I could not give two single, you know what's, about Trey Lance right now. Trey Lance right now has unfortunately become the new Mr. Irrelevant on this team. Like, that's just what it is. Like, yes, you can say, well, they invested so much. And guess what? That means nothing right now. Nothing. And look, again, I love Trey Lance. I want him to win. I want him to be good for the betterment of this franchise. Please be good. I want two really good starting quarterbacks. <laughs> That's a great thing to have. Heck, we, we have three of them this year for all I care. Jimmy and Trey and Purdy. Like, my God. Like, we have an overflowing of riches at the quarterback position. Just enjoy it. Like, look, I'm 26. I have lived through some of the worst years in San Francisco 49er history. I've seen my team lose two Super Bowls. And the only thing I want to do is win. All I want to do is win. And every time we get a winning quarterback, whether it's Alex Smith, then Kaepernick, then Jimmy... Context included, something bad seems to go wrong. Whether it's Smith being hurt and overtaken by Kaepernick, and then he's great, and then he loses in the Super Bowl, and then he gets hurt, and things go awry, and they change coaches, and then Jimmy, and then injuries, and you know what happens. I just want to win. And I think that right now, while there isn't desperation, I do think right now the San Francisco 49ers have that same mindset. I think they've always had that mindset. They see right now the iron is hot. And what's the old saying? You have to strike when the iron is hot. And when it's hot, what do you do? You attack. You strike. You make the NFL no. And I can tell you right now, no other team in football... Not even the Philadelphia Eagles. They can t- talk a big game. Come to Philly. See what it's like. Eat a cheesesteak. People, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Right now, no team wants to play the San Francisco 49ers. And I hate this conversation of, well, you see, you, you, you the, their opponents have not been very good. H- have you seen their strength of schedule? Have you seen Philadelphia's? Have you seen Dallas's? Have you seen Kansas City's? Have you seen Cincinnati's? Like, you can only play the games on your schedule. The difference is, San Francisco isn't winning them by one score. It's by 13 points. It's by 20 points. They scored 30 points in the second half against the top 10 defense last week. They have single-handedly sent the Miami Dolphins into the freaking crapper. Like... San Francisco has ended like five seasons this year. So on Sunday against the Raiders, let's let's put the nail in the coffin of the Raiders season. What a better way to end 2022 and start 2023. Go in 
to Sunday, a new year, a new leaf has turned over. Leave behind the number three seed in an eight-game win streak and make it a number two seed, a nine-game winning streak, and put an end to the Las Vegas Raiders 2022-23 season. I don't know of anything that could be better than that to start the new year. I expect big games from Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle because the Las Vegas Raiders can't sell anything. What's on your receipt there, laddie? I see you get five gallons of milk. That was more Irish than I wanted it to be, but you get my point. Let's start 2023 in the right way. With a win. And guess what? It's going to happen. And when it does happen on Sunday, if you want to be there on Sunday, they're expensive tickets, but you can still get your tickets. You can use promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS, and see the San Francisco 49ers win on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders 35-10. to Again, use that promo code 49ERSACCESS to save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Also, save yourself some money into the holidays. Somehow I'm still finding myself buying gifts still. Like, the holidays are over with. You don't buy New Year's Day gifts. But somehow I'm still finding myself buying gifts. Like, I, I, I don't get it. But if you're in the same camp as me, hopefully you're not. But if you are, you can use our Fanatics link down in the description. Save yourself some money by yourself or a loved one. Niners gear, heck... If it's a Raider fan, buy them some Raider gear. Or, I cannot think of a better gift, a better way to start the new year than wiping the tears of a newly broken-hearted Raider fan seeing their playoff hopes ended by gifting them and drying their tears with a Brock Purdy jersey. I mean, what better way to start the new year by really bringing in more Niner fans, reacclimating Raider fans to a winning culture with the San Francisco 49ers. Again, use our link down in the description, fanatics.com. Also, follow us on social media. If Debo Samuel plays on Sunday, the way you're going to find out is following us on social media at 49ers.access is Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett saying Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I'll talk to you in 2023, hopefully celebrating the first victory in 2023 for your and mine, San Francisco 49ers. And until next time, stay faithful.